On today's episode of Everything and Nothing, I'm going to dive into a monologue about record labels in today's music age in regards to promotions, tour dates, and you know how necessary they are with artists. But first, I want to talk about my friends at Smooth My Balls. Hey, look at us. We got a sponsor. Fellas, it's time to take our grooming serious. That means everything. Take pride in how you present yourself. We want no barnyard animals. That's why Smooth My Balls is here to help out with their line of products, including the Turf Chopper 3.0, which is their trimmer, designed specifically for safety, USB charge, up to eight hours of battery life, no nicks, no cuts, just get in there and hammer away at the junk. They also give you the Pube Muncher, great little device designed for easy and convenient cleanup, no more stuff in the sink with napkins and all that bullshit. Also, a line of products dedicated to your nails and anything else, tweezers, clippers, whatever you may need to look better. Use promo code Larry for 15% off on all your products. Ooh, just gonna roundhouse your ass with some machine hood. The blood, the sweat, and the tears off of their 1999 release, The Burning Red. I'm Aaron, and today it's a solo episode. Sorry for that. Danny unavailable to do this right now. Hell of a schedule right now between baseball and the Gridiron Lounge, and Danny's in grad school working full-time. It's a bitch and a half for both of us to be available to sit down and record an episode. So I'm going to try and hold down this fort. She's going to jump in whatever she can. But today... I'm going to flip my notes. We're just going to get right into it. I've been thinking about this for a minute, and I really started to go into depths with it more once I saw a D. Snyder tweet. Uh, he tweeted, I once, actually, how about a little context? You know, in the, today's day and age with social media, streaming, everything else, uh, it raises the question what are record labels even doing for artists anymore? And I saw a D. Snyder tweet this. And he said, I once did a podcast on this. The truth is there is no place for record companies anymore. They need to go. The concert promoter should be recording the bands and releasing the songs as they are the ones making the money and the venues are only place the bands are making money. Fucking read that wrong. I don't know. And he did that on the, the Rock of Nations podcast. And this made me think, I'm on, the, I'm on the same side as D here. I actually think there's no reason for a record label anymore. I'm sure they offered, you know, a... a a certain amount of benefit, but you know, you look on YouTube today with guys like Ola England and Nick Nocturnal and Cole Rowland, guys like that, they built their own brand, their own enterprise, solo, independent, no backing. Um, what can a record label do for them that they're not already doing for themselves? You know, my, my immediate thoughts were on the production side. Sure, record labels offer offer studio time, but you know, we're now seeing that we can build our own studio, a pretty damn good studio in our basement, in our offices, whatever it may be, and we don't need these expensive studio allotments. Now with that, and forgive me, I'm speaking just as some idiot over here in, in an office, but you know, does this mean without those record labels supporting you, you don't get to work with these, you know, big time producers like Rick Rubin or turning out a big hit. Are these record label backed studios that much better than anything we can do ourselves? Probably, but you know, I'm not hearing the difference, maybe because I'm an idiot. And then in terms of getting out social media, that completely has taken any third party out of the equation uh, we look at a guy like Jairus Johnson on TikTok. He was just some guy doing his own thing, making his own remixes. And Papa Roach reached out, Bring Me the Horizon reached out, and now he's doing his, and now he's collaborating with these major artists 
and getting radio play if you listen to Octane. So, you know, in terms of promotion and tours, I don't know how that works. I would like to know. But, you know, can these artists independently promote themselves, get themselves on their own tour with the venues and everything else and receive more of that bottom dollar, you know, retain their masters? Because it seems that uh, all of the old benefits that a record label provided an artist are something that these artists can now completely take care of themselves. And, you know, you know, the market is the market. If it's if it's a good song that people like, it finds its way into circulation. I remember, hell, five years ago, um, Frog League Studios, Leo Morotrilla, sorry, Leo had his cover of Hello, and that made it onto Octane, and that was just a YouTube cover that he did in his own studio. It seems that these bands are now going to be able to survive off of, you know, you got the band itself, and then they bring on some sort of manager that knows the ins and outs and can take care of everything on the side of the logistics of a, a tour, gigs, promotions, everything like that, and they don't need that extra backing from a major label taking their hand into their pockets and taking their profits. You know, I'm, I, I remember on uh, the last uh, Josta album he did on himself, he talked about on his podcast that, you know, he did that independently and the numbers he saw obviously were much smaller than he would if it was a hate breed album put out by uh, the company. But he saw more direct income come back to him on a much smaller, how do you want to say it? Not nearly as many albums sold, streams, whatever it may be, but because it was all independent and on him, he saw more money than he would with a hate breed record. Now, is that incentive for these well-established bands to go out on their own, you know, after their contracts are up or whatever it may be? I don't know. Is that enough to get a you know, up and coming band like Tornadic or Enforced to want to, you know, buck the trend and do this all on their own. I don't know. But, you know, it does seem to be that uh, in terms of getting getting views, getting streams, getting your name out there, getting your brand, you no longer need this uh, massive label promotion behind you. If the music's right, if you present it the right way, it's going to take off. But I would I would love to hear more on that. You know, we've we've heard the horror stories at this point of record labels taking advantage of the artists, owning their masters. The artist doesn't even own the music that they created themselves, which is just an absurd concept just to begin with. Also going on, been talked about a lot before, Megadeth just booted David Ellison. Um, most of us are pretty aware of what happened. After releasing an initial statement and then backtracking and saying, we're going to boot him out of the band, it definitely seems like, number one, uh, Dave Mustaine was over Ellison to begin with. And number two, it seemed like there was more information that it was either bound to come out or could come out. And it felt like Megadeth was doing a little bit of a CYA. Either way, he is done with Megadeth. And then that spawned everybody to immediately throw out names to replace him. Uh, the number one name that came out was Jason Newstead. And he has said himself, he can no longer keep up with that style of music, that tempo, which, you know, he, he whooped his own ass, Flotsam and Jetsam and Metallica for all those years. It's understandable. The body just breaks down. And then, of course, you know, everybody, because it's Megadeth, it's it's a big four founder. Everybody wants to replace it with big name, like a Les Claypool or a, a Rex Brown. Personally, I don't think they need to go that route. Um, you know, hell, I mean, Dave just beat throat cancer. They've got new music coming. But at this point in their lives and their careers and, and Megadeth in itself, it's not like they need to gear up to put foot to ass and, you know, dominate the genre. You know, it's not 1986 anymore. He's not competing with Metallica and Slayer and Anthrax. It's, it's, these guys have had their run. It would, it would be, I don't want to say easier, but it seems more practical if they just get a, a just solid bass player, well-rounded, whatever the hell he wants, but he doesn't need to get a marquee name you know, to just uphold the Megadeth standard. First of all, because Megadeth has had a revolving door of musicians since their inception. But I think with 
just get a guy, a, a reliable guy for touring, fill in on, on the album because at the end of the day, you know, Megadeth is Dave Mustaine. I mean, obviously Dave was an iconic, uh, Dave Ellison was an iconic part of the band and has one of the most iconic uh, bass lines in music. But at this point, I think they just need to just stabilize at bass player and they don't need to go get a marquee name. So moving along, um, I spend way too much time on Twitter. I love it. I don't give a shit. And it's kind of come down to for music. I've noticed there, there's two camps. There's death metal Twitter and there's metalcore Twitter. Not nearly enough thrash metal Twitter. I tried to dip my toe into metalcore Twitter more and you people freak me the hell out. Um, I was just looking for more places where people were going to be talking about Parkway Drive or Beartooth or anything like that. But it's, it, it's, it's a bunch of goofballs talking about five name bands. Way too many damn selfies and mirror pics. Although the dichotomy between death metal Twitter and metalcore Twitter is hilarious, as in death metal Twitter seems to be a bunch of 30 and 40 year old dudes with jobs and mortgages and metalcore Twitter seems to be a bunch of socially anxious 22 and 25 year olds. That's about it for today. You know, we like to keep these short, a uh, couple nobodies. We don't really have a lot of interesting things to say, so we don't take up your time. But before we go, we, are, we always like to send you out with a recommendation. I recommend you go and subscribe to Paramount Plus all the Nickelodeon shows from back in the day, and plus, you know, their original programming they got on, mainly because been thrown on SpongeBob, the OG SpongeBob, and I think it's going to go like this. We've got, you know, it's like the Mount Rushmore of greatnesses. It's We got the 90s Bulls, the early 2000s Patriots, and then we got early 2000s SpongeBob. Absolute haymakers upon haymaker upon haymaker every episode. First 100 episodes, it's just chef's kiss. It's incredible television. Five bucks a month. I don't know what the hell it is, but you can afford it. Alrighty, if you made it this far, thank you. Sorry.